This podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code ROBOT30. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything. It's slow. It's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are back. It's season three. We've watched the opener a couple times. Uh, season three, episode one, titled Episode 3.0, Power Saver Mode.h, uh, which is a header file, which I think is kind of interesting. Last year was all about compression. Yeah. This year it's, uh... I, I mean, this year they're going to do stuff. I think next episode is .gz, so ah, it's a gzip okay. file. Like, right. th- there's a lot of stuff they're going to be doing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but this was a pretty good opener, I thought. How would you feel about it? What would John Travolta say about a $12 milkshake? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> even get that reference. Oh, it's the Pulp Fiction where he says, I don't know if it's worth $5. Oh, right. It's a pretty good freaking milkshake. Yeah. If you're watching the network version. Uh, I I did. I liked it, too. I mm-hmm. thought for, you know, I've been saying that the kind of the sci-fi elements of this show that they've been hinting at are the more interesting ones. Like if you can pull off like essentially a low budget matrix uh-huh. or not, even if you don't have Kung Fu, like just the the existential questions that those type of things answers, I think are fascinating. And I'd like to see explored. Uh, through the lens of this show. So I felt like uh, piggybacking off of the, the two-part finale of last season that this really moves the ball forward in a really exciting way. I also like the idea that, you know, Elliot and Mr. Robot have been split into, into two more distinct halves where there's no longer this, um, you know, advantage that Mr. Robot has over Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of Angela perhaps playing both sides against each other for her own motives. Uh, which okay. is, I, 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 I thought that it was a step in the right direction. There's still some world building stuff that continues to confuse me, which I'm going to save until the end of the podcast to, to talk about. Huh. But I thought it was, I was very nervous. Yeah, me too. Um, there's two things I'm very nervous about this year. One was season, season three, of Mr. Robot and season two of stranger things. And are all going to drop within two weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. I felt like the first episode of Mr. Robot, um, did a lot to dispel my, uh, fear that Mr. Robot was going to tunnel to another dimension up its own ass. Yeah. And yeah. some, some interviews from Sam Esmail, I thought that I read in the preseason were, setting my mind right like he kind of took responsibility for you know not sure if it's too long or the pacing or whatever but like he understood that like whatever they were trying to do wasn't fully working and he had to make changes to mm-hmm. to 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 the narrative structure to keep people engaged and that worked on me yeah so far the thing that uh, strikes me the most is it feels a little bit more grounded this time around like i the thing i loved about season 1 <laughs> was sort of like, you know, the hacking parts yeah. and the the very like real personal problems that he was he was dealing with. And now, you know, the problems are on a much bigger scale, but I I have like these touchstones. I can kind of understand when something is supposed to be real and when something isn't for the yes. most part. Whereas season 2, I hated it because I never ever knew what I was supposed to take as absolutely true and absolutely false. I do think there's still playing... And as a viewer, that's that's a furiously frustrating um, spot to be in, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if 
uh, we're not they're not trying to pull the wool over our eyes on some of these characters. Oh, though. they they definitely are, but it's more in like a, a a plot sense, not like a is this person actually even real? Yeah, like does this person exist? And at this point, I I very much feel like they're trying to reground Mister Robot and Elliot as it's it's these two halves of the same character. Tyrell is a real person. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. Like. They've done a lot to really push that in a direction that makes me feel better about watching the show. Yeah, and I think that um, it's funny to hear you say that this is a grounded episode where in the first five <laughs> minutes they open the door to interdimensional sure, Rick yeah. and Morty bullshit travel. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with what you're saying that – you know, being tricksy for the sake of being tricksy and like, oh, my God, the last five weeks were in a prison, mind blown. Like, I, they, I, I feel like they need to, to to move away from that, and so far they did. And mm-hmm. also, I felt like even if we find out that there's something that we don't quite understand is going to manifest later, this was an interesting episode unto itself. Sure. With clearly yeah. defined characters and motivations. And even Angela, whose motivations I don't understand, or mm-hmm. I can feel it coming into focus. And yeah. also the the things that she's doing are more interesting than just staring at herself, doing <laughs> affirmations. <laughs> when I don't even know what she's thinking half the time in right. season two. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I like this episode a lot. Well, good. Good. It's going to be a real yeah. bummer of an episode if we both hated it. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the meat of the episode. Uh, Lots of things happening. Monday, we start our uh, long-awaited Stranger Things coverage. It's going to be like the Demogorgon coming in. Boom! It is. Watch out for your 80s wallpaper. We're coming through. Uh, We we did a podcast for all eight episodes of of season one to kind of get us prepped because next weekend... It drops for real to season two stuff on Netflix, Can't and we wait. will be marathoning that. Uh, you can also send us some feedback in this week. We're going to do a season preview podcast uh, coming up for this 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 coming Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're listening to the Mr. Robot podcast, so that's cool. We got you there. We're also still doing a, a rewatch of season two of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of uh, first-run bald movies. Uh, just last night, we saw Jackie Chan's The Foreigner. We we're looking forward to Suburbicon, the Matt Damon Starring Cohen Brothers, written George Clooney, directed crazy kind of film that's coming out at the end of October, and then the Hulk will be out after that. Um, but yeah, check all that stuff out. Also, we are invited guests to the Rocket City NerdCon, just like we were last year. This is the nerd convention that happens in Huntsville, Alabama. It's Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday, November fourth and fifth, at the downtown Huntsville Library. Uh, you can get tickets for fifteen dollars uh, in advance or twenty at the door. Um, and if you go to rocketcitynerdcon.org, you'll be taken to the site. You'll notice that our photo's on the front page. Yeah. we had this bomb-ass It's what red, I look like in real life. Red wedding where we dress up as Lord Walter Frey and uh, Roose Bolton. Yeah. And we uh, try to help Frey's murder a bunch of Starks with audience participation and prizes for everybody. It's a great way to meet us. We'll be chilling out there all weekend. We'll be hosting a couple panels. Uh, again, rocketcitynerdcon.org. That information will also be in the show notes. And again, all the other stuff I talked about is at baldmove.com. Check it out. All right. Why don't we get into the recap? Uh, we start off with some guy whose name we don't know trying to redeem a free milkshake at the Red Wheelbarrow Barbecue, um, but the employee won't so give it to him. So much depends on the Red Wheelbarrow Barbecue. I guess so. Uh, he gets a call about Elliot being shot, and he goes to clean up the situation. Um, this guy, I guess his name is Irving, which, yeah. I, do they ever say it in the episode? I think the only place it shows up is that business card. 
But okay. also, if someone said Irving, I wouldn't shock me. I could have missed it, but I didn't recall ever hearing his name. Uh, I I was shocked to see this configuration of Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, no, it's it's a real interesting performance from him. And if I had, I think seen, it's great. If I hadn't seen the station manager, is that the one with uh, station agent? Station yeah. agent. That's the one with um, Peter Dinklage. Uh, Peter Dinklage. And- I, if I hadn't seen that kind of like more laid back goofy side, it would have been really jarring. Oh yeah, uh, because you know I would have just seen him as the the dude from Boardwalk Empire Board, who is yep. scary, um, and this guy is kind of intense and scary, but in a more happy go lucky fun kind of way. <laughs> fun? Hmm. I think. I mean, obviously, him. Th- this bullshit with the milkshake is the worst kind of like. I wish it was legal to shoot people like this in in a line. <laughs> Like, I, I also like oh you're wish arguing that they weren't this... so stupid about this this milkshake policy. But you're not you're you're arguing with a 17 year old or a middle uh-huh. management when this has clearly been established by corporate and like yes the manager will give you what you want because it's easier than fucking yeah. arguing with you. But the fact of the matter is they did some calculation and every 10 milkshake you get one free. So if you want to cash it in on a 10th milkshake, it fucks up their math. So that's that's then, I just just I just peeled off the surface of the matrix. Then how about this? Bare. Put eleven fucking slots on the card and let him redeem it immediately. I mean, that's like I mean, are you going to be the guy that shows up at nine fifty nine at a restaurant that closes at ten and say, "Hey, I want to order a full rack of ribs"? And like, no, you know, because that's inconsiderate to the employees. There's nothing inconsiderate about wanting your yelling at a right seventy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> okay. Uh, apparently, I would have to shoot you in line, Jim. I guess that's so. what I'm getting. I'm getting here. I'd have to pull a Mr. Robot on you. Yep. Uh, yeah, but did, what did you think? I, I guess I haven't heard from you, like, what you think of this character. No, it's, I think his performance is awesome. I think the character is a little bit silly at times, but also very Robot, competent. Mr. Robot needs some silliness. Yeah, yeah, I could stand to have a little bit. Um, I, I I mean, he struck me immediately as the wolf, you know, from from every movie you've ever seen where the fixer comes in and fixes it. The, the tackiest version of the wolf I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the lowest rent version, the cheapest. He's literally a used car salesman. Yeah. Wolf is driving a, what, a Lamborghini? This guy's driving uh-huh. a fucking beat-up taxi. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a new character, but it's... Oh, he drove, a, he drove the Acura NX. That's what he... He did, NSX, yeah. I um, know a car guy would come and fuck me up if I didn't correct it. But I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's it's not so silly that it doesn't work. Oh no! Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I, yeah. I think that last one of the things last year is there. There, other than the crazy, crazy like Alf episodes, there wasn't yeah. a whole lot, and even that wasn't fun so much as kind of like impressive and jaw dropping. There, mm-hmm. the, you know, like yeah, Alf is 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 laughing and, and murdering people, but it wasn't funny. There was a laugh track to it, but this guy is kind of like quirky and fun. So yeah, I yeah. like him. Good, good job, Irving. Okay. Uh, so the power is going out across the city. And we're at a nuclear plant um, where White Rose's assistant volunteers to take over stage two. White Rose decides, no, no, we're going to stick with Elliot until he completes his work. And then he's free to die for us, essentially. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about in this scene, stuff that um, has inspired a lot of conversation on Reddit uh, about this nuclear power plant and the, the speech that this guy's giving to. I, I don't know why you walk through the halls of a power plant talking about interdimensional gateways and shit but you do if you're this guy apparently 
Yeah, I was fully expecting like Rick to pop through the portal and be like, you know, belch and <laughs> right. I don't know. Murder. I mean, if this is my first day on the job, and this yeah. is the, the tour, the walking tour of the facility, like, you guys talk about interdimensional hard. gates, I'm, I, I might quit. And conjoined mental states? I mean, yeah. the, the questions I have coming away from this scene are, what are they trying to hint at? Are we trying, are, is this just going to be like some kind of weird interdimensional, like Elliot and Angela jump to a different timeline where the parents never died and like what you know is that is that going right. to be okay or are they going to realize that no they just made the world they left a worse place and that still or is it going to be a time travel thing like they hinted at with last episode did you see the interview with sam esmail where he said i don't believe him well here's the thing a he lot said, of people... he said this is not going to be time travel no he didn't i know ish because that's like if you yeah. parse his interview he says oh it'd be far too late to introduce something like time travel into the season right but arguably, he introduced time travel last season. Right. So it could be like, first of all, yeah, I think he's he he's capable of straight up lying to the audience. I've mm-hmm. seen it before with this particular guy. And I think even if he's telling the truth, it's not saying what a lot of fans are thinking it's saying. So I think time, well, but a lot of people are buying into it, and they're going, "Okay, it's not time travel, but maybe there's this interdimensional travel, you know? And yeah. we can put we can combine consciousness." And I I think that's that's going in the right direction but right. also why are we so quick to rule out time travel especially with because, all the back to the future references that has been in the the past episodes right and, i mean it's so strongly last season so strongly hinted at the time travel stuff it right. had a time travel vibe to it well and, then, you come and arguably this season I think, and you're ready in one episode in a, a couple of one-off statements to abandon that theory entirely yeah and glom onto this new one that that, that a meta out that of universe... That is just as out of left field as the time travel stuff? Yeah, I mean, like that, that a meta out of universe interview with a, with a guy who tried to pull the prison wool over her eyes for five weeks last yeah. year. Like, I, yeah. And I, has I, every incentive to keep us in the dark. Like, Yeah, well, you know, people like to argue about stuff on the internet. Sure. And uh, to me, it's like it's silly to like shut down that argument just because Sam Esmail said so. But we'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's maybe this is going to be turned to the mundane. It's, that's the the double flip twist. Well, that this is just a simple <laughs> hacker story, right? That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, but that's the other thing. I guess you can go um, with this interdimensional travel thing and this combining of consciousness and say that maybe it's already happened. And that's like you can go back to episode one where yes. we're introduced to Mr. Robot and Elliot and say. Is there some reason that Mr. Robot or Elliot's father would have come through and combined consciousness with Elliot? Yes. Is, they... is there something in an alternate timeline that might have inspired him to do that at the cost of his son in this timeline because it's a bigger it's a bigger thing? Or maybe it was an accidental, unforeseen or accidental, right? Yeah. Uh, because we just know that they throw in the term when this science guy is spouting science stuff he throws in conjoined mental states with the parallel universes and that's what we're seeing yeah um you know maybe their dad didn't die he just warped i mean this you i don't want to go too far into this because my least favorite type of feedback is just the what do you think if this could be true (laughs) type of like unsubstantiated Uh just here's an idea Parallel universes, conjoined mental states, million monkeys start pounding out Shakespeare. Like I'll wait for the show to to either give me a new piece of evidence to, to combine it to to have more. But by, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, clearly the table is set to do about anything he wants to do. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to talk about the implications of the evidence we have on screen 
um, as to to what might be happening. Yeah. Um, based on that stuff, but yeah, to say if this is the thing happening, then spin off a whole bunch of theories right. about what else could happen. That that right, seems silly right, to me. Right. Um, I. White Rose is talking like Doctor Who here, though. What do you mean? Where he's just like, he he is saying, well, I should say Zhang. It's not White Rose, because another yeah. another theory is that maybe they're conjoined just like oh boy. Uh-huh. Elliot and Mr. Robot. Why um, not? So uh, I, I think that's what I decided to do last year is I'll refer to him as the masculine when he's in Zhang persona, and then uh-huh. she when she's in White Rose persona. So Zhang, he... It's talking a whole bunch of crazy shit about oh what this crazy little geese and mm-hmm. and you know the fact that like what the project really needs is Elliot's un unbridled rage yeah I mean not because that's the thing that stretches my credibility a little bit the fact that Elliot is so much better than even elite hackers mm-hmm. uh, that like that's uh, his singular skill set's not the thing the. The unbridled rage is I, I what I, I I don't know, but I, I feel like that they're. Do you think that White Rose knows that Mister Robot's living in Elliot's brain? I think so because Irving knows. Does he? Yeah. Why? Um. Because he was, I think at this he was point, expressing he confusion about yeah. this guy. Didn't even look like he's met me. Well, before. yeah, Angela doesn't really say why. She just says, "I have it." I'm his handler. Yeah. Look, and I'm handling him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. May, I mean, it's possible. It's um, possible, but it's also possible that they've established a white rose knows that there's, and I'm just an idiot because I've, for, sure, I, I've forgotten I, it, and I'm yeah. sure someone will tell me at robot at baldmove.com. I don't remember all of season one and two. Um, but so would that preclude the idea that this would be some sort of experiment that would have put. Like at White Rose behest, that would have put Christian Slater into Rami Malek's head. It doesn't because that's the thing. She's ta- the the he is talking about this as if it being fate, and mm-hmm. and they, he he doesn't believe in coincidences. But definitely this twisted sense of like fate. Yeah, right. So like it's not a coincidence; it's meant to happen. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he engineered it. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. Um, his will, his will must be your guide. What does that even mean? Like that's what I said. The Doctor Who aspect of it is like saying a lot, but completely indecipherable to us as the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like White Rose has the destination in mind, but doesn't understand how to get there. Right. Um, it's like a treasure map with an X, but but no like line to follow or anything. It is this interesting, very interesting proposition that you've got essentially an extremely wealthy and powerful person that has uncovered a primordial rule of the universe that would allow them to through technological means rewrite reality to their liking Mm -hmm. that's fucking terrifying yeah like who who do you give that power to warren buffett no one the Koch brothers you you can't to bill gates like no uh fucking elon musk no no one man should have all that power to quote kanye west uh but i wonder if uh the thing is, once it's somebody slash White Rose does, it, once somebody does have that power, let's say White Rose does have that, it's power, game over. It's game over. Nobody can stop White Rose. There's, there, like we become like the humans inside the Matrix. Like yeah. we're just puppets to whatever they want to do. Like if right. you, you've got the the reins of reality. Yeah, and I feel like that's the bigger game that White Rose has always been playing. That whatever his fucking name was at the top of E Corp never quite understood. Right, right. Like it was always about money and and. 
the usual control of the yes. universe that he was so focused on, whereas White Rose was playing one Next level, level higher. It's yeah. checkers versus chess. Uh, speaking of the bounds of what's possible, uh-huh. does B.D. Wong have the world's greatest fade? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, tight. I, I, I kept on getting distracted <laughs> by, like, my God, the precision on that. Uh-huh. Wow. He yeah, does it himself it's in the mirror good. with a Floby. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you should see it. It's Math, a work of art. But the, that, that's actually, that wasn't a particle accelerator. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's that's the Floby required to get that level yeah. of fade precision. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Got to get down to the micron level. Oh, yeah. For oh, yeah. Like that. True level, bitch. Right upside his head. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people were like, "Oh, is this a quantum computer that we're zooming out of?" No, I mean it, it's, it's very a, recognizably. It, it looks exactly a like particle a particle accelerator. accelerator yeah. yeah, which uh, is feeding into a lot of black hole theories and wormholes and like tearing of the space time fabric and interdimensional travel. I mean it. Right. It all kind of is of a piece, but we don't know exactly where it's going yet. Yeah. Um, so then we get to Elliot waking up in Angela's apartment a few days after being shot. She explains that the Dark Army is going to kill her if she goes to the police, or if he does even. And Elliot decides to go after Tyrell instead to try and stop stage two. So he goes back to the warehouse where he was shot, but it's been totally wiped down. No power for a week. He's been, he's been out for for a week. Yeah. Um, um, and at this point, I started to assume that Angela is reliable when she said that Tyrell is real. Um, but then later in the episode, we had basically confirmation of that. So yeah, uh, that was a big question coming out of season two: Is What's... Tyrell real? Uh, I thought that I mean, they... there was the gun shot, but we I, who who knows? See, I thought you know? that was confirmation that that was the big reveal that like you know Elliot got a little too cocky about dismissing what is and isn't real, and yeah, got... and he starts to fall back into that right when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. He's like, I I have the power, like none of this is real if I'm not shot. And then he realizes, oh, I'm shot. Oh, also, the power's out. Right. Very symbolic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the power. Uh, Yep. And I guess there... So, so I, refresh my memory on this fucking plan of theirs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Were they not ready to go, ready to blow this building at the end of season two? So I thought that the back door is put in place so that they can enter malware. The the plan was to enter malware to hack the un, an uninterruptible power supplies in this building yeah. to make them explode like bombs. Right. Uh, which would destroy the entire document retention facility for E-Corp. Absolutely, yeah. So... What was the status of it, though? Because I know Elliot tried to close the back door and they shot him for it. Right. And but then, they weren't ready to go in that moment. I like guess, hit the button and when this is I, over. That's the thing. Like it kind of, it kind of is crazy. I, I don't. Maybe it's a timing thing, but it does seem like that they've had at least a week to, to do whatever injection they need to yeah. this wide open back door. But but uh, the other thing, I is mean, like, I guess White Rose is holding it off, right? White Rose like, is holding off. Also, Elliot's being manipulated by multiple people. Yeah. So now the thing that bugs me is why he doesn't question himself. But I also think that. Maybe they could establish they have to wait a particular day because isn't wasn't like the idea that there's paper trucks full of paper from all over the country coming, coming to this facility and they yeah. might need to wait until it all comes in before that because if they blow it up and they only get half the documents then have they that they got the total victories so right. I don't I don't have that information around my fingertips but um, the show wants us to believe that that's a that's a hitch yeah. 
Okay. Um, also, the idea that maybe Mr. Robot is dead at this point, I didn't believe it for a second. Yeah. But I like the, you know, it seemed like an interesting possibility that there'd be su- su- some suspense about when or if Mr. Robot shows back up because we saw him yeah. essentially de-res in the finale scene and, and we haven't seen him even a hint of him so far. Yeah, that was, I had the same question as Elliot. Maybe they didn't kill him, but they killed Mr. Robot. Um, I really love this shirt that Angela gives him. The this Josh, Josh Groban, Groban 2013. Experience. Yeah, yeah, property of Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a shout out to, what's his, her ex-boyfriend? What's his name? Ollie, was that his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, her ex, who I guess was a big Josh Groban fan. I can't, I can't quite remember yeah. what his deal was. I know he was a perv and uh, camera shit, but yeah. Wasn't he? Josh Groban fan. Yeah, Josh Groban fan. Uh, I'll label all Josh Groban fans as pervs. All right. <laughs> Including uh, Josh Groban? <laughs> yes. Or is he He's blameless? Really, the shirt is just a setup for maybe the best line in the whole episode, but we'll get there. Okay. Uh, Elliot goes home where he finds Darlene waiting in his apartment, and she tells Elliot what happened with the FBI and the Dark Army. Uh, in relation to, like, the shooting and the questioning. Uh, and she wants to know what's up with stage two, and so he just spills his beans and tells her everything. She's pretty pissed that he didn't tell her about it in the first place and decides to help him stop it, and they head to a place with Internet access. Uh, first of all, so there's this guy in the on the street just preaching through this amplifier. Uh-huh. I don't know where the hell he's getting his power from. If the power's been out for a week... And this dude is out there every day. Those megaphones use batteries. Yeah, where people are just getting batteries are cheap when the power's out for a week. Probably not. I don't understand. That's that's. I'm putting. I'm. I'm. Hey, I'm saving all <laughs> these kind questions of world for building the end stuff. of the podcast. Okay, that's fair. Because um, instead of inventing it like six different times across the podcast and bumming people out, I'm going to concentrate the poison. All right. So. Well, I might bum you out with this then. All right. Elliot's really stupid enough to completely spill all the beans on the plan to his sister who has just confessed that she was working or not working with the FBI, but questioned by the FBI. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems obvious that Darlene's been rolled. And even if she hasn't, she's going to be tailed. She's going to be followed. She's she going to be being surveilled. Tailed. Like we all see the government. Like, right. We- it, it happens. But Elliot, for some reason, just overlooks all of that and spills the entire plan here, and I yeah. disliked that. No, I disliked it, and and he's not paranoid enough for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the, the you know the the fact that he really trusts his sister. Maybe, but it's not that he doesn't. It's not that he can't trust his sister and still not want to talk. It's that he doesn't trust the FBI, like to not be following and tap his apartment. He's right. out for a week. A lot of shit could have happened. Oh, I yeah, I I, I he should agree. be more paranoid. I agree. So I don't know. I had a problem with that. But then um, when they go to this uh, hacker space and he's wearing that or they're they're about to head out to the hacker space, he's wearing that shirt. And she's like, I know a place, but not getting in with that shirt. <laughs> yeah. So him, he puts the traditional hoodie back him on. Putting the nice. hoodie felt like Batman putting his cowl back on. Yeah. And they even filmed it kind of like that. Uh huh. I thought that was pretty cool. That was great. Uh, but that line just smacked me of, of like. This is exactly what they would say to, like, Joey and hackers. You idiot. You can't mm. wear that shirt. You mm. can't hack a bank across state lines. <laughs> you don't know anything. Uh, so, yeah, they head over to this hacker space where there's a CTF tournament in progress, Capture the Flag, uh, and it's hogging all of the access, I guess, to the Internet or to computers at the location. And the Dark Army's lingering, which sends Darlene into a panic attack, 
And while she's recovering, Elliot wins the CTF and closes the back door. He's, of course, interrupted by the Dark Army, who have Angela and demand that he follow them outside. Um, They're led to a taxi driven by Irving, and they're chased by the FBI. And Irving makes a call that shuts down the FBI truck, and they escape. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff that happens there. They covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, I like the the mute button. I did too. And when he says, isn't that better, Remy's face looked like a cat emoji. I don't know how he does that with his cheeks and his lips and his nose, but he looks like huh. a fucking, like, a, 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 a goddamn cat emoji, and it's adorable. Uh-huh. Um, we saw a lot of that, that crackling sound we hear. So you think, so you're, you're, I, I, you saw on Reddit that someone's saying that, like, maybe there is, like, a dual screen experience. Like, the live people don't get it, but the digital people I don't know, would. man. There's an ARG. Like, I'm just not willing to rule it out as, oh, they fucked up. Because hmm. I, I can't see I them like, fucking up. I feel like I would because I don't know why they would make the ARG available only for people who are accessing the episode through the USA app. That you have know. to be a cable subscriber to access. I don't the have the place. answers. I just don't want to close the door on it. <laughs> okay. It All wouldn't right. surprise me if two days from now somebody goes, yeah, I decrypted that and here's what it is. It's, it's a picture of Sam Esmail's butt. It says drink more Ovaltine. Yeah. Watch it on watch watch it in real life. Hang in there. Yeah, watch it live, dumbass. <laughs> um all right, so the other thing is like what so what did you think about Elliot winning this capture the flag thing in all of thirty seconds? I the way they explained it made a lot of sense to me and I I guess I didn't bat an eye at it. Like he comes in, yeah, he's obviously the smartest guy in the room. Like mm-hmm. they're I don't know. It's it's always a stretch when you say this person who's super smart is this much smarter than the other super smart people. Right. Um but I didn't have much problem with it. I wish it, like I, I, I would have believed it over like an hour long montage. Not like the montage lasts an hour, but they compress mm-hmm. an hour or two. But like literally thirty seconds of hacking, I didn't really buy it. I, well, I liked that it was it was not a technical thing that that was an oversight. It was more like a perspective thing, right? Like this puzzle that they were looking at, they didn't realize that if they could play the game long enough to actually figure out the patterns they could reverse engineer the key mm-hmm. instead of like trying to figure out a technical way to break the key to get the puzzle to get the minds solved you know are we gonna be playing minesweeper this season for an arg maybe <laughs> i'm pretty good at minesweeper are you yeah oh man it makes my head hurt i played hours and hours of it did you really yeah tons it was my go-to instead of solitaire wow I've never had a goat like like any game that's that simple like uh, even Bejeweled I think I only played for a couple hours before I'm like okay I've, I think I'm as good at this as I can get. <laughs> You'd be surprised when you play a game for a hundred hours. <laughs> well, I bet how good you can get at it. I bet like you know Malcolm Gladwell if you played it ten thousand yeah. hours you could be the best in the world, Jim. Yep. Maybe uh, that's the thing. He's just played Minesweeper for ten thousand hours. There you go. Uh, I was more of a downhill skier kind of guy. Um, how, were you ever a Soylent guy? Because apparently it makes you shit yourself. Like this, this was a little too self-aware for me. Like a little too shoehorny. Oh, really? Like, we're just gonna shove Soylent in here. We're gonna name check him instead of just like put a bottle of so- a couple bottles of Soylent in front of him and but, say he feels like his ass is gonna blow. I think out. you're only saying that because we both have tried Soylent. Like that's a niche of a niche of a niche that I think they threw in there for cool and and or yeah, for, show... for background detail and then. 
because we happen to have been the kind of fucking upper ass nerds to try a, an engineered diet uh-huh. that you know it's like extra noticeable to us. Maybe so, but yeah, to me that's how I felt. It was too too self aware here. All right. Uh, what do you think is the implication, if any, that the dark army goons were able to shut the computer off? It sounds like he closed the back door, which Mr. Robot reopened, but he goes, I haven't uninstalled the, like, he hasn't done some some sort of cleanup step yet. Is that right. going to be significant or no? Um, so they, because later they, in the episode, they say they reopened the back door. Right, but Mr. So maybe Robot was, doesn't know about that, whatever thing that Elliot yeah. hadn't finished, finished yet. I know, so, so he, maybe. It might be some sort of oversight that lets the feds in on the the deal or oh i was thinking that was the oversight that allowed them to reopen the back door oh well i mean i don't think that elliot could fuck something up so bad that it can't be unfucked but like no but if you can trace like what he did through some kind of log files or something okay maybe yeah i guess that that forensics would be just as useful for the dark army as it would be for the feds yeah okay I, i don't know i'm not i'm not sure maybe they are leaving the door open for something else because, like, the Fimto cell was a, a double thing here, right? right. It wasn't just, oh, we got to hack the FBI. No, it was also this backdoor into E-Corp. Yep. What do you think about the OnStar hack? Uh, was it OnStar? Uh-huh. I, I thought it was, like, he was calling up a police precinct or something. Right, but they used the OnStar. No. I th- to I, shut down the Yeah, the he used the OnStar. Well, truck. no, he was impersonating a police officer calling the OnStar operator to give them this law enforcement code to shut down the motor. I would think the law enforcement... Huh vehicles okay. would be exempt from those restrictions but maybe not <laughs> you would think so yeah they'd have a tag on that that says don't shut this thing down yeah and also like it just this just shows to show like how social engineering is where most of the really big exploits happen yeah you know it's much easier to break through human beings gatekeeping than it is some kind of theoretically secure software algorithm absolutely uh, so if you got a cop friend that can slip you the fucking master codes, you can drop the shields on the Reliant and blow, <laughs> blow con up the kingdom come. Uh-huh. <laughs> the thing that surprised me, and I guess it makes sense if he's talking to like some civilian outfit, is he wasn't using like the phonetic alphabet codes. Ah. Uh. Like C for Charlie, like Charlie for C. Niner, Niner, Kilo, Hotel, Charlie. Yeah, because when cops call in a plate, I'm sure they do that. Do they, is that because I'm certain of it. it's it's uh, that's because they they do, or is it because it, it makes them look cool? A little of both. I mean, that's like why why, why do all airline why pilots can't it be sound functional like, and awesome? Why do all airline pilots sound like Chuck Yeager? Uh huh. It's like yes, Chuck Yeager sounded cool. <laughs> he did. Uh, and yeah, we get the red wheelbarrow barbecue thing again. I'm not. Not sure what all of that is about. I totally forget that that plot. So red wheel. It's, it's a very it's a it's a small poem about you know so much depends on the red wheelbarrow and there's white ducks and all this other. It's you know it was the also that was the 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 name on the the composition journal that that right. that the uh, Elliot was keeping and, and in now, his delusion there was the red wheelbarrow burning stuff burning the books in it right and um, now now the i guess that's being used as a front for the dark army which explains yeah. why a fucking fast food barbecue joint would be having a generator mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, uh, nope, nope. Not going to talk about the world building. I mean, it could still be not profitable. Not going to talk about the world building. If you got to run a generator, not, what's it cost per hour? 
one extra employee per hour. Making you're charging twelve bucks for yeah. a milkshake and thirty seven for a rack of ribs at a fast food joint. Sure, there you go. Yeah, so Irving takes him over there to the Red Wheelbarrow, and Elliot tells him, "I'm calling off stage two. And he agrees, but Elliot kind of presses him to get confirmation from White Rose. Uh, Irving tells him, essentially, go home, you're drunk. <laughs> like, you you will not win again if you decide to push this too far. We'll kill you. Um, yeah. And, and, and looks at Darlene, obviously, and says, you'll lose. Right. And that's the problem with Elliot. He's too compromised. Like, yeah. the you know, going back to the Batman analogy, the fact that they have so much leverage with Angela and Darlene, people he really cares about, is... A pretty interesting weakness for a hero to have. Yeah. Most superhero. Like, that's Most the thing. Like, Elliot, do. this is a weird, very nerdy superhero story mm-hmm. at its core. But it's one of those where the hero's fighting with no mask. Yeah. I mean, the hero has, like, a lot of anonymity for the most part. But uh-huh. but in the areas where it counts. Once it's yeah. pinned. Yeah. One, but once it's it's once that digital pri- the, um, uh, anonymity is pierced, it's game over. Yeah. It's like the Joker knowing batman is bruce wayne true um so yeah darlene asks him if tyrell had anything to do with this plan and elliot says no what do you make of that part of it did you did you have any opinion on that because i think darlene is trying to find a way to cooperate with the fbi that's not going to leave her leave her brother in federal prison for the rest of his life so i felt like she's trying to find a way to pin it all on the scumbag tyrell i'm totally with you i think I think Darlene is wearing a wire. I think she's uh, that that in because why else yeah, yeah. do you really need the van outside? Yeah, yeah. They're probably listening in. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It would make a lot of sense, especially with her reaction when he says, "No, it was all me." Like, mm-hmm. um, or actually, he's he doesn't say it was all me, but he says Tyrell wasn't involved. And it gets yeah, she starts getting pissed and yeah, um, like rolls her eyes and. Right, and she's being overly skeptical about it being over. It feels like that she was acting uncharacteristic to try to get this infer. Like she was doing her damnedest to get him to say something along those lines. And I think we left her in a very bad place with the FBI last season, didn't we? Oh yeah, like she was at the she was she broken. was at the she was shown as the center of their web. Yeah, like all like it wasn't Elliot; she was the the queen bee, and mm-hmm. she's like you know. And she was brought into that room and shown that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They knew so, they knew everything. Yep. Well, obviously not, but yeah, they they were very close to getting everything. Um. So then we go to Elliot walking the streets, pondering the nature of his actions and the unintended consequences. Uh, I thought the, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Is it a better line about the Josh Groban shirt or this invisible hand turning into a fist that punches in the dick? Dick, dick punches, which is pretty good. Mm. Uh. This is interesting. So he's talking about resetting society and unintentionally setting it off on a worse path than it was on before, I think. Right. Um, that maybe the society they had built was moving along well enough, and that by trying to dismantle it and reassemble it, he's created a worse one. Yeah. Or, mean, he, I, or he's allowed the opportunity for a worse one to be created. I do think that they're, like, if you push too hard for a societal change when a population's not ready it can backfire right in a major way and, and set you back you know uh a long long time um but i i don't quite get what they're doing with his speech merging with like this alex jones type that we was first introduced as it was yeah. in the background that uh the the pad that darlene was hiding out the lawyer's house that she had uh uh 
uh, taken over. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of heady stuff. Like some of this stuff is the, the problem I have with the, these Mister Robot dialogues is like I'll agree with a couple words, and then it's like, oh, yeah. wait a second, you're this is this is crazy town. Uh-huh. And you know, some stuff that like it's not even along the lines of stuff that flatters me ideologically. Like just some of the shit that he's saying is just just really pretentious freshman year college just learning about how financial systems works and uh, well i mean that's kind of the point of this scene is you know he didn't necessarily understand all right. the implications he was he didn't know he wasn't he he was not at a higher enough he he thought he was a god that was nudging a finely tuned machine into a, a better state and what he yeah. was is uh, a a monkey Force with a wrench yeah, yeah 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 just banging on something he didn't fully understand yeah um and, and i like that it's I, risky it's, and also like his whole idea of like this capitalist system that takes revolutionary and cool and rebellious ideas yeah. and 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 slaps this price tag on it marks it up and sells it. that is so fucking right yeah like that's Absolutely. that is and that's what and it's it's and it's it's not even the man necessarily like it will any form of cool rebellion will be commercialized uh-huh. um and and then eventually there's a there's a way that the quote unquote man will find a way to to make a buck on it and they've done it NBC has a TV show called Shift Plus Control right uh, which I thought was a nice touch not yeah, yeah, sure yeah. how they got away with the NBC tones but I guess satire they can yeah yeah satire. But the whole idea that, like, you know, because this, you know, trading privacy for security, dignity for safety, mistaking weakness for strength. Um, I, I actually, you know, like the idea that uh, the, the darkest timeline that he's imagining is the one that we're living in. Yeah. I mean, clearly Sam Esmail is, is wearing yeah. his uh, 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 his political thoughts and feelings on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I thought I... I thought it's a great way to find a way to commentate on something you're passionate about with a show that stuck back in the Obama administration. Yeah, two years ago. And I wonder if they'll continue to do things like that. And it doesn't like, – like there's a discussion like whether it's breaking a fourth wall, but it wasn't because it's all in the context of his overall delusion because we find out that this entire scene is taking place in his mind as he's yeah. kind of blue-screened at the red wheelbarrow. Yeah, and and you can see – you know, there, it's – very disjointed, right? Like sometimes he's talking, sometimes he's like not physically moving his mouth. Sometimes he's not. He's, he's looking merging at this wall into like, Alex Jones' personality. Yeah. This wall couldn't possibly have all his friends on it. Like it could, it could, but come on, right? This one wall with everybody. Yeah, and that was a nice, also the reminder of the stakes. We see Gideon and Shayla yeah. and uh, was it Cisco, Cisco, Cisco. Oh. All these people. Uh, um, Romeo, Romero, uh, Romeo. I forget what his code name was. I think it was Leslie is his real name. Yeah, he got the, all these people that we've lost along the way already. I thought it was a, a nice way to kind of reestablish for someone who's been off the season or the show for a year, like what the stakes have been and what the stakes in the future are. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, Elliot taking some responsibility for the fact that, like, you messed with forces you didn't understand, and now look. Yeah. I mean, being a pawn of the Dark Army seems like a pretty frightening place to be. For sure. Uh, l- let me ask you something. I... I seem to recall that the original, like stage one of the hack, was encrypting all of the financial documents, right? Yes. Does he not have the keys? I, I mean, he must not. How would he not have the keys? 
I mean, you to can, the encrypted files. You could just. I mean, you could delete them. Certainly, that's what I'm saying. Or you could randomly generate a key and not record it. I, yeah, hmm. I guess if it were me, I would keep that as a a, a backup. You know, but I mean, a, that's a not, safety net. But I mean, if you're so, but I guess that wouldn't that, be his mindset going into. And it. not only that, but back then, Mister Robot had full access to Elliot. So even if Elliot yeah, might have true. been something, do something that cautious, Mister Robot is is committed to burning the whole fucking thing down. So yeah. yeah, I don't have a problem with with the fact that there's this. I mean, they they've long established that the only way out is to rebuild from paper. Yeah, I mean, obviously, okay. if, if Elliot had the keys. Um, now, easy, yeah. Now that you're saying this, there was that there was that talk about um, Angela when during her weird fucking experience with White Rose that that you know the the key was in her fist and her fist was in the pocket. Oh yeah, um, which we kind of debated like what the fuck could that mean? Maybe it'll turn out that she has the encryption key. Like like uh, Elliot trusted her, and there there's another theory that I can't wait once we get to more to the Angela to talk about. <laughs> okay. Let's let's keep moving then. Um, Elliot asks Angela to get him a job at E Corp, and she says, "Yeah, I'll try." He also wants her to keep an eye on him to make sure that Mister Robot doesn't come back, or that if he does, he doesn't fuck with him too much. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's she gonna guard, do? Guard my guard my bee hole, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kisses Angela, who doesn't respond well, and she says that she has something to tell him, and offers up this hypothetical scenario where none of this ever happens, but. Right before she gets to the good part, the how, she backs out. She mm-hmm. says, never mind, never mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. which is a little shitty. If I'm Elliot, I press. Well, I but say, what the hell are you talking about? I, I don't know to what extent Angela understands yet the relationship with Mr. Robot and Elliot. And my theory is that, El- that Angela is playing both sides of that personality against each other for her own so yeah. she thought like i don't like i don't think mr robot knows about this reality bending shit mm-hmm. and i don't think she was ready to tell elliot unless she was sure that mr robot wasn't listening in maybe hmm i guess because this is a very a, new what, development where do you think angela sits on whatever white rose revealed to her do you I think, think she's a true she's believer. True blue for yeah, White Rose. I do. Now? I really do. I think okay, it... then I I could see her trying to edge Elliot more toward the side of White Rose. Uh huh. Like slowly, you can't you can't just blow his mind with some reveal, right? And expect him to Especially go. Especially that with mind is pretty fragile. It is for sure. It's, um, it's a wet piece of toilet paper. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe her game is like put this idea in his head of undoing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of lead him down that path. Little by little. It's it's pretty clear to me that when Elliot says, uh, this is the problem with Angela, she doesn't love the people who love her. Yeah. I don't think he's right. No? I think that, well, first of all, why the hell would I believe that Elliot has any kind of special insight into any person? Yeah. He's not the one no. to be the most empathetic. No. Like, he can't even stand a fucking hacker telling him, attaboy, and touching his shoulder. <laughs> right. uh, I, I think he's mistaken. But I also think that... I don't like. I've got all kinds of different theories. Like, is Angela only fucking Mister Robot, but she's only being emotionally intimate with Elliot, and they haven't really. Is she banging Mister Robot? I, I, I think she might be. What makes you think that? Just because last season they established. I don't think this is uh, the fact that she was like uh, chasing after older men, mm-hmm. and that. 
Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's just I'm just writing fan fiction. It's honestly there's something something the, 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 in your gut. It is this the fact that she's acting weird with Elliot kisses her with the fact that she's also like refusing to be emotionally intimate with Mr. Robot. Sure, like yeah. I, the fact that in two the, sides, the, of them, yeah. yeah, there's this duality here. So like, what would be the other side of emotional intimacy, physical intimacy? Mm-hmm. So that that's how she's using those to like either commute. Again, mm. this is all just through the prism of her trying to get what she wants out of this situation. And I also, because I like Angela, I know this is like you know a very controversial thing because some people you either love or hate Angela. Mm-hmm. I you used to hate Angela. You still hate yeah. Angela? Uh, yes, but not for the reasons that you think. Okay, um, I like Angela, and I, I I also think that one of my bedrock feelings is that she would not intentionally hurt Elliot. Like she thinks that she, I think that she's she's playing both sides, but she's serving what she sees as Elliot's true interest as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a mind blowing revelation that that mis- the her and Mister Robot are actually banging. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure what they have what what they're really going for with this power saber mode thing. Uh, I I mean, it's clearly like some kind of like partial shutdown mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I um, saw it. Like a emotionally way to, to save I emotional guess. energy. I didn't. I didn't quite put the pieces together, but I guess that can just be what it is. But I saw her withdrawals. Her, she's trying to find a way to not to, to continue to find a way to not hurt Elliot throughout this very confusing long con that she's doing with his other yeah. personality. Right. I wanted to talk about our sponsor today, which is HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service um, that makes cooking a lot a lot more fun and a lot easier for um, people who. Uh, either really enjoy cooking at home or are unfamiliar with it. Um, I found myself being not a huge cook. This was super helpful for me because a lot of the the points of it are um, a lot of the good things about it are you get meals delivered um, to your door that are ready to go that you essentially just need to uh, chop up the ingredients and cook them all. Um, and they have all the ingredients like portioned out to fit the meals. So you're not going to like end up throwing a whole bunch of food out, which was awesome for me. Um, they come with like really easy to follow instructions. So it's like step one, chop your vegetables. Step two, cook your meat. Step three, combine it and cook it. Um, it's, it's super easy stuff and it's all like really fresh, um, really tasty. Uh, I, what, what has your experience been with this? Cause well, I know you tried it, it recently. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, sometimes the way these things work out is like they don't send us both samples, so like Jim yeah. will get them, and then Jim got the HelloFresh samples. I was I'm, actually I've been a customer for a long time, and I'm and I was just sitting over here like hmm, I want HelloFresh. <laughs> well, one of my friends this summer had to go out of town unexpectedly and had two HelloFresh meals that just delivered, and they're like, "Do you want them?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" And uh, there was a uh, like a like a Parmesan chicken and a meatball, mm-hmm. handmade handmade meatballs, and the meatballs are so damn good. I actually kept the recipe. To yeah. make again because that's the thing you can you know it's it's <laughs> they're not hello fresh exclusive ingredients they're things <laughs> right. like they italian sausage and uh-huh. oregano and and then the uh, ricotta cheese and stuff and uh i i was really i i really liked how it's a, the like you said the meal plans are nicely and logically laid out it said how long it's going to take and mm-hmm. the prep time and all that and they did, it, it was they're they're all into like the thirty minute range. Yeah, they're designed to take around thirty minutes for for anyone you know novices to seasoned home cooks. Yeah, and I'm, I've got a lot more cooking experience with you, but I thought it was it was super fun, and it's like I don't usually have that kind of experience where everything is exactly ready to go, and it made yeah. it even more fun and easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you know if it, it made enough to feed me and my, uh, my wife and and uh, my 11 year old kid so yeah and it's uh, well portioned too right it's yeah it's, it's not just like oh the ingredients are portioned out but the meals themselves are well portioned so you're not going to like make six pounds of lasagna with this right you don't, you don't really i would have eaten nine six pounds of those meatballs <laughs> honestly Okay. I would have had meatball sandwiches the next day. It probably wouldn't have been very healthy for you. And kind of and, and the point of the, this the, is the health. budget aspect of it. You know, yeah. you, if you get six pounds of meatballs, you might have to pay sixty dollars for them. So yeah, but this you're getting meals for under ten dollars a meal. Um, you are getting a meal that's prepared by they they employ two dietitians, registered dietitians, on their staff uh, full time to balance all these meals nutritionally. It's really healthy. It's really easy. I suggest you go check it out. If you want to save $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, you can visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code ROBOT30 to do so. Um, And give us a little love and then give yourself a little love in the form of HelloFresh meals. You have to play an alternative reality game where you decode the (laughs) genetic structure of the Italian sausage. This this comment is not authorized. And put that into the Reddit search engine. And then that's where you actually (laughs) find the recipe. That's the thing, and it's fun, you know. That, or no, you can just no. look at the recipe card. Yeah, that that, that, that they if, send you in the box. You want to play on easy mode, sure. Yeah. So the reason I hate Angela is this very scene here. She asked him to sleep over, uh, doesn't even offer to give him a blanket, a pillow, even new change out of your wet clothes, take a shower, nothing. Fuck you, Angela. She already gave him a fucking groban. That's, that's her last boy shirt she had, man. She's been ha- saving that. Yeah, yeah. Cleaned her out. But but he's soaking wet. He's also, soaking wet. Give him he, a towel, a blanket, something. What 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 she did off camera is she just essentially threw a she he stood there in a corner she just threw a blanket over him cuz that's how he he's like a canary. He just <laughs> did, did she I didn't see that. <laughs> no, I'm just joking like that. Okay. I, like I'm making a joke that like over a bird cage, He's such yeah. a weird dude that like he probably just stands in yeah. in, the, in the corner and you just put he's a towel over him and that's it. upside down from yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the curtain rod. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's move on. Angela, uh, Cordy, first sighting of Cordy for a long time. Oh, nice I finish. missed him. Yeah, yeah, he huh. missed a robot. Actually, he he fell asleep on her couch, looked staring at Cordy. See, so. I was I was noticing no blanket. No you were busy pillow. writing the lack of accommodations while she set him up this sweet couch, candlelit with Cordy. I was literally writing "fuck you, Angela." <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get that. All right, Angela wakes up to Mister Robot in her living room. Uh, Angela tells him that they can't trust Arlene because. She helped him to close the back door, and Mr. Robot is pissed that Elliot is still in the way, but Angela assures him it's all going to be fine. Um, she also reveals how she can tell when it's him versus Elliot. At least, I think she does. She says, yeah, you don't try to look away constantly, which, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of tells here. The personality is entirely different. Yeah. I think I could fucking tell. I think so, too. You don't You don't need to be his best bud for years and years. And, and we've seen Remy as Mr. Robot, and it's, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty I mean, striking the next, difference. Yeah, that scene where he's standing against the wall just smoking, like looking off into oblivion and just like he doesn't have a care in the world. That's not Elliot. I will say that Christian Slater looked particularly demonic in this scene with yeah. his glasses performing like horn shapes on his forehead or oh at the very least uh, very severe Vulcan eyebrows. Uh-huh. Um, and he just like I the way he was stayed like I, I, he's put he's putting his best Jack Nicholson through act two of the shining face on. Yeah. And it was effective is effective. I also think maybe it's a mistake to give away the tell. Like don't don't tell Mr. Robot how you know because then he might be able to fake you out. Right, but on, on the other hand, I think number one, 
that's something they could use. That, yeah. Uh, but two, I also think I don't know that I believe Angela. Sure. Well, what I mean by that is like I think that Angela might be lying to Mister Robot because she's not. She's. I don't think she's as stupid as what we might have thought after season one. No, certainly. Um, so Mr. Robot takes Angela to see Irving and he's oh, we also, we also mentioned, we forgot to mention that, he, uh, Mr. Or, uh, sorry, Elliot wants a job at E Corp, right? Yeah. I mentioned it in oh, okay, passing, sorry. but, um, it was in the description. All right. We, we go to see Irving and he's a little concerned about whether Elliot is still capable of carrying out the mission. Angela reassures him, look, I'm managing Elliot. Uh, she's also going to give him a job at E Corp, which he men- she mentions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrell apologizes to Elliot for shooting him, but that's what he asked of him. So Mr. Robot is not mad. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. Instead, he sits down and he reestablishes the back door. Then he rides the subway with Angela, who refuses to talk to him like she talks to Elliot. Um, they're both kind of helping them him in their own way. Um, Mr. Robot doesn't trust Angela, though. He wants to know why she's doing all this, and she tells him she wanted justice for her mother's death, and now she believes White Rose can undo all of it. And then the power comes back on. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. She wants justice for her mother's death, and she thinks White Rose is the only one. And that's the thing. Like, she never fully believed it, even... I mean, if I was Mr. Robot, my alarm bells would be going off because it seems like Angel's completely switched allegiances to, yeah. to White Rose and the Dark Army. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Robot doesn't care because maybe he thinks he's got he's got a, a, another layer to his plan that he hasn't revealed to anybody either. He might. It is a little wheels within wheels with this show. At some point, it's just like, good Christ, can I just can I get can I understand <laughs> everyone's can I get a handle on any one character's motivations? Yeah, like not even not even Elliot because he's got his fractured personality. Come on, that's true. Yeah, uh, I did like the scene of the power coming back on. Mm-hmm. Like it was really cool. The whole like. It almost was shot as if Angela and Mr. Robot themselves were bringing the power. Because mm-hmm. as their train goes through the city, it, uh-huh. the, the power just kind of starts fl- flickering on behind them. Um, and, that, you know, we talked about how Angela is this kind of angelic being. And, you know, the in comparing to Darlene's kind of, you know, devil-based black and red garb visually yeah and angela was back on the full-blown angel this like she was like all white white, (laughs) uh, almost the entire episode and like it would be uh consistent with like an angel to be a light bringer but also Mm -hmm. if i go back to my theology uh lucifer's actually the angel of light oh okay so well probably doesn't mean anything but then again this is mr robot so everything could be nothing and nothing could mean everything (laughs) right uh, yeah, it wasn't just visually impressive either. That Daft Punk song they have going on mm, was touch. really just perfect, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- there was just something about it, just the quality of the, the, the music. The show's always had really on-point uh, musical and, and uh, art references. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the end of the recap. Are we going to do some feedback today? Yeah. Uh, can I have my – can I bit my spleen about this world building? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you're you're sure. All we have is your unbridled rage. So let's get. <laughs> Hopefully, to it. it'll be enough. And then when I'm said my piece, you can you I can die for you. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't. I, I continue. I know this is this this threw me in the first two seasons. So I think I'm just going to have to. So so okay. What bugs me if you're if you're joining this podcast for the very first time 
is you've got this world where no one has any money. Everyone's being evicted. People are living in tents. But this brand new startup fast food restaurant can charge people 35 bucks for a plate of ribs and be lined out the door. Mm-hmm. And if you look at people in the line, they're not like e-corp executives because they made a point of like to eat like they're still like, these are just like normal joes eating out yeah how are they affording to do that how is there was this... some talk of like a government bailout for the citizens right like here's your allowance for the day and you're and gonna I know... blow it on 35 dollars ribs right. and 12 dollars milkshakes but if it, but if you're living in new york city and uh-huh. your only access to food is what's available on the streets like they're not going to go out to the country and start picking berries. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in this city, and you essentially have access to the food you have access to. And, and how expensive? And you're going to pay whatever you can. And they make it a, a, a point of how expensive gas is, and this whole restaurant's being powered by a gas generator. Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I get it's, that it's a front <laughs> for the dark army, but I just, I guess, I don't understand why the then it just wouldn't be deserted. You know. Yeah. Like it was the second time. Well, uh, well, no, I guess it was. That was when they was they were trying to close. Um, and there's a, like little stuff like that where, you know, people like in and and the power out in New York City for seven fucking days. Yeah, that's like I feel like that's an apocalypse. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I feel like society should be a lot more fucked up than it is. They're like always hinting at it and like people losing their houses and jobs and all that, but they're still not. There would be daily people in the street protesting and burning shit down and oh, throwing yeah. Molotovs and cops would be clashing and just this, this is the most peaceful damn financial Armageddon I've ever seen and it's so yeah. weird so, so I started like first they just started really grinding my gears I'm like you know what this is like Star Trek uh, Star Trek was telling the story and they didn't always have the special effects budget like the Horda was just a big chunk of foam mm-hmm. or like when the Klingons would hit the starship you know the they would just shake the camera and the actors would go back and forth and you're supposed to understand they're taking damage even though this is all hokey and maybe this is Mr. Robot's hokey because how are you going to stage all this like wide unrest but it, I keep coming in fact it's like really what they're doing is like the Klingon battleship hits the starship Enterprise and the bridge shakes, but McCoy, Spock, and Kirk are just sitting there unaware that the bridge is shaking. That's what it feels like. Uh-huh. Like it's not a budget problem. It's just like everyone inhabiting the world is not on board with how dire the straits are. Are you? Let me ask you this. Are you supposed to be understanding that and that maybe Elliot is wrong? That he hasn't, in fact, created the potential for a worse society because people do seem to be getting along. There's a scene where I see like a homeless man given a cup of coffee or whatever by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a stranger comes up and hands it to him. Like, has he created, has Mr. Robot created, like, had the right idea and created some kind of reboot of society that's going to be beneficial? And Elliot is now the bad guy trying to tear it down because he's afraid of what it might become. Well, the other idea is that I saw on Reddit that I liked is perhaps we're barking up the wrong tree with time travel and alternate dimensions. And cause this has come up a lot in some intelligentsia circles, the idea that we are living in a simulation. Sure. Yeah. And that there's different ways that you can test with advanced theoretical physics or a really powerful computer to try to pierce the fact that you're in a simulation. And maybe that the white rose has cottoned on to the idea that we're all living in this simulation and this also ties in with Elliot's talking about you have to get the full state of the game before you can exploit it and mm-hmm. that that's yeah. what this is like 
this particle accelerating this giant project is a way for uh, White Rose to gain control of the simulation or to punch out of it. So the world mm-hmm. isn't like like some of these stuff that's not making sense at a at a macro level. The story is telling beautifully. At the micro level, it's like there's a disconnect. There is Sam Esmail. You know, you're gonna f- eventually realize that this is all simulation. So this is just you know everything's not quite lining up with reality because why would it? It's it's a yeah. simulation under stress. And if you made it too perfect, the the minds of the human beings that are being yeah. used for the batteries yeah you could plug in whatever matrix it. theory you want there too yeah. but i <laughs> i don't know it's just like that's something that continually bothers me that the show sells an armageddon but they are not willing to actually it'd be like if the walking dead was exactly the same mm-hmm. except for walmart's were still open yeah <laughs> who the fuck is shopping at walmart why are the zombies not in walmart mm-hmm where are they getting the power and the money? Like, it's like, it's just this very weird jar, and it always jars me. And, and I tried to find a way to rationalize it, and I just kept on. It's just, there's nothing quite fits. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm the only person that's having this problem, but it's not getting in the way of the overall enjoyment of the story. It's just like, I, it keeps fucking with me because I'm like, there's got to be a plot point to this. Yeah. Or it could be just Sam Espa doesn't care or <laughs> understand or wants to sweat these kind of details. I, yeah. I think that's, that would be a cool detail to sweat. Anyway. And, and maybe he is, you know, like behind the scenes, he's setting something larger up. Oh. We, ju- we just don't know. Bravo, Sam. Well, I mean, don't congratulate him yet. <laughs> no, I was doing the, the meme where I don't know why this is a thing where they have Bravo Vint spelling out in two different. Have you not seen those? No. Uh, well, so it's a Reddit thing. Okay. I don't, I don't get it, but I can reference it without understanding it and seem like I'm hip and cool. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I don't get on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay. Hey, hope you enjoy our coverage of Mr. Robot. Uh, if you'd like to help us out uh, and 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 keep our bits flowing and our hard drives whirring, both of uh, them, both bits. You know, uh, the white Ro- white rose is sucking all our power out. Yeah, like it's it's been six days off here in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm living in a tent outside the studio. Lights are flickering on. I'm hoping that uh, that that uh, the Angela comes by in her magic train. Uh, but until then, we need people to help us out. You can go to club.baldmove.com, and it's not just a, a help out kind of thing. You get a lot for your for uh, bonus content for your money. You get uh, uh, more bonus audio episodes. Uh, you get uh, video feeds of all of our podcasts. You get uh, VIP access to the forums. You get ad free feeds. So you don't have to listen to us talk about advertising. I know some people doesn't like that. You can make it all go away and get all these features and more. You can check out the whole pitch at club.baldmove.com. And also, uh, you can try the whole thing for free for 30 days by signing up at club.baldmove.com. Check it out, and we appreciate your support in advance. Shall some feedback. Shall I move on to feedback? Uh, robot at baldmove.com is how you get in contact with us. Not Mr., not Mr. Dot, not anything but robot at baldmove.com. Ryan S. Hey, guys, I'm excited to hear your podcast on the season of Mr. Robot. After watching the premiere of season three, I stumbled across this Reddit post and I had a feeling you guys would like it. The rabbit hole goes on forever in this one. All right. So I'm going to – I – here's how I'm going to handle the, the, the ARG at this point. I'm just going to tell yeah. you what is out there and if you if, and how you want to play. It's all like the, the, the hub of the activity is going down on uh, the Mr. Robot subreddit on Reddit. Mm-hmm. But there is a brief scene of some people on the street that are that are homeless and looking for a job, and they have QR codes that they're holding for the the that have a link to their resume. And if you click on that, there is a reference to this 
E Corp bulletin board subreddit. Uh, inside E Corp. Inside E Corp. Inside underscore E underscore Corp, which is a subreddit that apparently they've worked with Reddit to create because all everything is backdated to contemporary 2015 timelines. And there's these all these conversations, and some of them are mundane, like who's what what floor is the hottest floor of the E Corp building, and they talk about cafeteria <laughs> food. But then there's also discussions about some other stuff that might go down. But there's there's like 30, 40 conversations with multiple threads and multiple participants. And then there's one at the top saying, you know, just so you know, uh, HR is watching. And then the conversations abruptly stop. Huh. But then okay. there's other there's other links to other fake subreddits in there. And I haven't seen, like, the ultimate end state of this game. But if you want to play, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff going down on, 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 on Reddit. They're actually... And I'm not saying like discussion. I'm like they're actually using Reddit. I think is for the first time to to deploy this ARG. And clearly the Reddit moderators are working with them because that's the only way uh, to set up a closed group that has discussions. Like because first time when this surfaced, people were like, "Oh my god, Sam Esmail created all of this shit two and a half years ago." And how? Oh my god! And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> there's no fucking way this stuff was written out two years ago. And then sure enough. There's a few like some of the timestamps they didn't for, they forgot to alter. Uh, so there's a few from like three days ago. Yeah, that are in the middle of a conversation that's going on two and a half years ago. So check it out. I I just went in there and I just like uh, I did the Grandpa Simpson thing where I took off my hat and put it on the thing, saw what I saw, and then got my hat, put it back on my head, and walked right back out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to because I spent a lot of time analyzing that stuff last year and I didn't feel like I paid off. Yeah, but if you want to play it. Uh, and and if it were proven wrong this season, then, then then we'll continue to cover it at this level. Nate and D, I was just listening to season two wrap up again in preparation for tomorrow's season three episode one podcast, and realized I had to answer to a question from another listener. The question was this: How did the FBI able was able to link the spent casing from the Fun Society arcade to the popcorn gun that's still in possession of Tyrell? Don't they need to perform ballistics testing? With the sale of new guns, gun manufacturers include a spent casing and a sealed envelope with the gun's make, model, caliber, and serial number. In states that do not require the registration of guns, gun owners are free to do with these as they please. However, in states where guns are required to be registered, including New York, these certified spent casings are turned over to the state in case the gun is ever used in the commission of a crime, so that the weapon does not have to be recovered in order to link any spent casings obtained from the crime scene to the gun's owner. When Zan reported the, goal, the gun stolen and reported that he suspected Darlene to be the thief, the FBI naturally compared his spent casing on the file to the casing found in the arcade and found them to be a match. Hmm. Seems plausible to me. Okay. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. That's why I, I always, guess why I always buy my guns from trunks in the backside of Lonely Roads <laughs> in New <laughs> right. Mexico. Uh, so Irving's got that gun now, right? And it was a loner? Yeah, yeah. I think he pockets that's, it because he said that's not what I meant by what safekeeping. safekeeping yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Jared C. How do you think Elliot will react when he finds out that Angela's betrayed him? Yes, parenthetically, he says Angela is as be- a betrayal. No matter how you want to try to spin it. Oh, I'm going to try to spin it. All right. Second question. Do you think? Well, okay. Let's let's take that first. I it's open question whether she's betraying him. Because betraying is, is, I think, requires some sort of malicious intent. Hmm. Like, for example, if I 
if I withhold from you the location of your secret birthday party, mm-hmm. I did not betray you. No. Uh, now, there's gray areas in between that and just outright betrayal, but I feel like that my understanding of the story, which I, I'd be happy – I'm, I'm not married to this, but my reading is that Darlene is trying to – sorry, Angela is trying to serve what she can can decipher as the true intentions of, of Elliot. And when you deal with a split personality like this – what the fuck does betrayal even mean? Like, they nakedly yeah. address that in the episode. I'm looking right at him. How could I be betraying him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like I said. Like, I, I would like to... I would. I wish I could explore this more with Jared, like, why he thinks this is an unquestionable betrayal, no matter how you slice it. Mm. Second question. Do you think we will get as much interaction between Elliot and Mr. Robot as we have in the previous two seasons? Or do you think there no. the show will keep them separated for the most part and just keep their interactions to big moments? I, I mean, it seems... To me, that yeah, unless I don't even know if they can cross paths right now. Um, they're very cordoned off, as far as yeah. I can tell, in his psyche. So if one of them is on screen, the other can't be around. Right, and um, that's and and it it kind of lends itself to you know Angela having what I think is a sedative on her to potentially yeah, knock we out talk Elliot. About that she has this pouch that looked like an EpiPen pouch. Yeah, yeah. So she, maybe she can knock out Elliot mm-hmm. if it comes down to it and mm-hmm. Mr. Robot can emerge yeah. while he's unconscious. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're going to see much of him unless something changes, which it could. Yeah, because season one was the mystery of who Mr. Robot is. Yeah. And then season two is about Elliot realizing the asymmetric nature of their warfare and eventually through that lucid dreaming technique, mm-hmm. the ability to gain the same advantage over Mr. Robot this season seems to be playing with the idea of these personalities being completely bifurcated. Yeah, almost like the stalemates that they had in the chess games before, you know, except this time this it's is a, way a stalemate to on stalemate. both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's no, it's not a stalemate if neither side has perfect information of the other, right? This is a, that's a viable yeah, way to break would... a stalemate. Sure. Now yeah. it's just like, who game on? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's better? Uh uh, let's see what else. Uh, Gretel B. Uh, because some of the writing choices, it's easy to forget how confident and stylish a show can be. I really like the episode as a premiere, and it looks like we're getting heavier science fiction elements too. I just hope they're not trying to do another twist with Darlene. I don't want an eight-episode arc to have her uh, run her dialogue to have to run her dialogue through a frequency spectrum analyzer to figure out if she's flipped or has other motives. Surely Esmail has learned this lesson. Okay. I I mean, I think they're strongly hinting that she's cooperating with the FBI right now. And I guess what, if the idea, I mean, so what would be a cool twist? One twist would be that it's actually Darlene that's flipped. uh, Dom? Dom. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh Uh-huh. Because I would, I, I, I think that I would believe that twist. Hmm. Because Dom was shit on by the FBI all season, and it's true. and and has got a lot of issues herself, and is super lonely and questioning whether, you know, if you try to do the right thing and it doesn't get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I guess I I'm I. My patience for twists does not run out. I like twists. I think that you just have to judge them by how well they come off and whether the audience feels like it was something that opened up the story to a new possibility or something that's just twiddling your thumbs or running us around in circles and we just distract us from the from the idea that we're essentially on a treadmill yeah um and it's it's kind of like what esmail said in his interview it's like he didn't he didn't agree with the criticism that his episodes were too long because he's like you know Mm -hmm. 
first episode of Deuce, he says, 90 minutes. No one complained that it was too long because right. it was compelling and gripping. He goes, my problem was obviously it wasn't the runtime. It wasn't the pacing. It wasn't any one thing. My ideal my, – the problem was that the episodes just weren't compelling enough for people to have their attention held for 90 minutes. And he kind of acknowledged that and owned up that that was uh, – you know, it's not the listen, the viewers being too stupid or the critics, you know, over the the – crazy upside down nature of the storytelling he just didn't do as good a job as he should have so i mean i think that's a great response from a creator like yeah. that that gives you hope that they're open to because because there's a lot of great things about mr robot unfortunately there was a lot of bloat last year too so if he just gets rid of the bloat and you know i don't know if it's a combination of tighten up the pacing or having the restriction internally of not wanting to go over that hour or what or clarifying some things clarifying a little bit more yes yeah. um or the idea that, like, because I was also kind of sympathetic. I think that's one of the things we talked about late last season is, like, maybe he had a solid idea. Like, his idea for the second phase wouldn't fit into a single season. But if he cut if he, if he cut just a part that he could fit in, it wasn't quite enough. So maybe there was, like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I have a little time to fill. But now season three, it's like it's going to be all sizzle. It's going to be all steak and not just a sizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, I could because there is some you know when you're trying to adapt something in your head like there's awkward breaks like where do I where do we stop the episodes where do we stop the seasons and maybe he was just a victim of shit you know the story doesn't structure itself easily to right the the structure of television right I can either have a 16 episode season uh, but they're not USA won't pay for it or I can have a four episode season that USA would violate my contract with USA for delivered X episodes uh-huh. 10 episodes or I can do this 10 and have a weird way to kind of try to keep people Twitter pated for four or five episodes mm. I don't know I don't know I'd have to read the guy's diary to find out but <laughs> I heard it's rot three encrypted uh, who could who could break yeah, that? It's on an obscure subreddit somewhere. <laughs> it's just a series of entries. It's just underscore Sam S. Mills diary. <laughs> uh, maybe you should try it. Uh, uh, and that's all the feedback we got. Okay. Uh, I know we we kind of uh, we kind of uh, hurry up this uh, or uh, what, what's the word I'm saying? We we uh, surprised we surprised dropped this episode. There was the, we usually yeah, do a yeah. preview. We usually kind of pump. We, we we do a better job of priming the pump uh, because we were super busy this last month doing a whole bunch of stuff for the, the get ready for our Stranger Things season. Um, we didn't have the literal time to record a preview episode. So I think next week we'll start getting more and more feedback. You know, th- th- it might change, though. It might change uh, if you listen to this a year from now. We're going to hook up with White Rose and see what we can do about going back right. to – Maybe fix some of that. We'll have the red admins change the feedback so it's all yeah it's like 30, 30, 30 minutes. A week. It's a so this podcast. podcast, keep listening to this podcast. It might actually get better over time. We should have we should have not done it. We should have just had like a weird audio artifact corruption where we're like, oh, there was actually forty five <laughs> more minutes of feedback. It just you know the lights blinked and the particle accelerator <laughs> word, and you know, we only got these three. Uh, but robot at baldmove dot com. Also, you can go to our forums forums at baldmove dot com and play along with the. Uh, the ever-evolving uh, mystery with our fellow fans there. Yeah. And go to baldmove.com to check out all the stuff that we do. Uh, that's it. Until next week, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.